calling all campers, Leslie Samuel here, your camp director, back again to get you pumped up for something awesome. It's that time again, it's time for Creator Camp 2024. We took everything you loved from last year and stepped it up a notch. Yet we're back and better and man oh man, we're excited to have you join us. Now you may be asking, what's in store for this year's Creator Camp? Well, let me paint a picture for you. Imagine an epic kickoff party where new friendships spark and old ones rekindle. Imagine rubbing shoulders with not just the awesome workshop leaders, but also the amazing Ecamm team. Imagine having interactive, hands-on sessions where industry leaders share insights in fields that you're passionate about. Well, you just imagine Creator Camp 2024. Reconnect with the Ecamm fam, and of course, meals and beverages are all a part of your journey with us. Expect exciting activities and local excursions. What is it gonna be this time? Wine tasting, scavenger hunt, an evening of stargazing? <laughs> I'm not telling, at least not yet. This year's Creator Camp isn't just an event, it's an adventure. The Ecamm fam is taking over Amesbury, Massachusetts again, and trust me, you wanna be right there in the middle of the magic. So pack up your essentials, your laptop, your camera, and of course your energy, and gear up for an unforgettable escapade at Creator Camp 2024. We can't wait to see all your smiling faces back together again. We'll see you at Creator Camp. Let's do this. Aloha and welcome, Flow Riders. Today, Doc Rock and Katie Fox are on the road, so you have a very special episode. I'm Lewis, also known as Mr. Camera Junkie. I'm the producer of the Flow Podcast, and today we have our very special guest, the Hive Master himself, Mr. Jared Spink <laughs> from Hive Media, here to help us out in talking about how to book amazing guests on your podcast. Welcome, Jared. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm stoked to be back. I love the show, so uh, I'm super happy. Katie and, and Doc took some time off and invited me to come back on. And I get to be with you. I know, because one of the fortunate things for me, and I just have to throw this out there, is that I was actually fortunate enough to be a guest on the Hive podcast. So even though I was an avid listener, I was able to be part of it. And that's something that I cherish still till today. Uh, our friendship is just something that I really always cherish. Thanks, man. I And I view it completely the other way. I was fortunate to have you as a guest, right? And get to know you. So that's the way I view every single guest that comes on the show. Not that they're lucky to come on my show. I'm just lucky to, to get, you know, an hour of their time. I'm going to be honest, like that was probably one of the most nervous times that I think I've ever been. And I was trying to just make everything perfect. But as you know, when you're doing live recordings, live happens. Nothing goes perfect. Exactly. We we still did a great show, but um, I was just so excited because, like I said, I was a fan of the show and I would not in my wildest dreams that I thought that I was ever going to be asked. So let's get into it. Um, besides our relationship, how is it that you go about 
to seek out and getting such amazing guests on your podcast? Well, you know, I think before you even reach out, you got to think about why you want to have a guest on your show. Um, you know, my get, my show being a guest-focused interview show where guests come on, share their journey, their expertise in a specific subject matter, my show being around creativity and the entrepreneurship of creativity. But maybe your show doesn't focus around that. Maybe you have a solo show. Maybe you have a, I mean, I don't listen to a lot of like what the the crime drama podcasts, you know, real crime drama podcasts, but even those occasionally can have a guest on to share their expertise on the behind the scenes. So I think having a guest on your show, whether it's guest focused or even if it's not occasionally, it brings a fresh perspective to the show. You know, guests hear you all the time, but having a, a fresh perspective on a topic that maybe it's a different viewpoint than you had can really mix things up and provide valuable insight. So that's one benefit of having a guest on the show, but there, there's a few other. And Doc's talk, talked about this before. When you have a guest on the show, they're essentially lending you their credibility and their authority in the subject. Even if you're not an authority or have you know a ton of knowledge in that subject, it's, it's really cool. You know, I've had Diana Gladney on the show, Doc Rock, Katie, you. I am not a live streaming expert. Doc has really pushed my comfort zone into going live and live streaming, but he's lent me his authority as well as you in that area of live streaming because of his expertise and sharing it on the show. So that's awesome. You know, having a guest on the show really expands your audience. That's probably a great way to expand your your podcast, a lot of people ask, how do you grow a podcast? Having guests on is a great way because they're bringing some of their audience to your show. Now, you might get a spike for that show, but hopefully you get a few people that linger around and check out episodes and end up subscribing and coming back. And then it just adds variety to the show. I'm not comfortable speaking by myself nonstop, and I would hate to hear myself for a half hour to an hour on my podcast. So I love having guests on, but I've added variety by doing solo episodes now, but if you're a solo podcaster, having a guest on adds variety. So those are some of the benefits of having a guest on the show. I thought those were important to share before we get into like the different ways of having a guest. You really need to consider the benefits and your goal of having a guest on before you even consider having a guest on. I agree with what you're saying. It like expands your demographic because there's that Venn diagram, that overlap that you're getting from an entire new audience that might not have ever heard of you if not for this instance. So that lending of credibility goes both ways because even if you're not the expert in your field, bringing in an expert or a subject matter expert like yourself that has learned from their own personal experience says a lot more than when you're talking about theories of getting people. You're putting things already into action and you're allowing us to know exactly what works and doesn't work for you. And right away, as the host of that conversation, I'm learning during the conversation. I'm taking it as a learning experience to say, wow, look at those examples that this person has brought forward to accomplish X, Y, and Z. And when you get that, you you start building upon that, sort of like you're standing on their shoulders. So you start leveling up the more diverse that you bring your guests to your show. Yep. It's true. I've learned so much from the guests that I've had on the show. 
And it's really helped the show evolve because of the things I've learned along the way from just the guests speaking about their journey and their experience. And I always try to put myself in the listener's shoes. I think that makes you a good interviewer because you're trying to pull out what your listeners are going to benefit from. So that's that's huge. But we can get into talking about booking guests now. That's probably the question everybody has. How how do you how do you book a guest? And there's quite a few steps I think that go into it before you actually reach out to the guest. So the first is determining your ideal guest. Now, having an interview-based podcast with a lot of guests, I can tell you I get you know, messages all the time, emails or, or DMs on different social media platforms about people either pushing someone uh, that they represent to come on the show or people trying to get on the show. Themselves. And so themselves, right? So you're going to get a lot. Once you, your show's been going and people are finding it, you're going to get a lot of requests. This is where this step comes in really important is to determine your ideal guest just because you have people coming on and you want the content you need guests right especially me if you're a guest focused show you need guests but personally i'd rather and this kind of goes against the like the rule of being consistent i'd rather skip a week or two to book the right guest than just to have anybody on so i think you really need to determine the right guest the ideal guest for your podcast so that you can really narrow your focus of your show you just don't want anybody and everybody on, your show's going to be a hodgepodge. So you just really, first and foremost, need to determine your ideal guest. And even after that, before you reach out, you need to research those potential guests that you want to have on. Yes. Researching is super important. You don't want to just blast everybody because they're like, you know, for me, they're, I interview a lot of content creators. I don't, I don't want to DM and email a ton of content creators I want to research that guest first. I want to know who they are, what their content is really focused on. Maybe I can deep dive and find out what some of their struggles were along the way already. And doing that research kind of helps you determine if they're the right kind of guests, but it also prepares you for asking them to be on the show. It prepares you for the interview. And most importantly, it lets them know that you care about them. People want to develop relationships with people they feel like they can connect with. And so if you're doing that research so you can connect with them, that's huge. You have to do that before you reach out to a guest. You can't just be like, oh, I want to have Doc Rock on the show. Let me just reach out to him. Do your research. What is Doc all about? What are his likes? What doesn't he like? What is the content all about? Yeah. Got to do your research. Yeah, it has to it has to mesh well. Like, so here's a great question. What is instead of how to book a guest, what is something that will make you deny a guest? Like, what is something that for you in your particular case that would say, yeah, that's not a fit for my type of show? Okay. So first and foremost, this is kind of weird, right? Because you want a guest that fits what your show's about. But when someone initially like just comes off, like, I want to be on your show and this is why, and they're telling me all the benefits of having them on. Um, and this goes back and forth, right? It, it's a it's a weird scenario because we're going to get into how when you reach out, you don't want to pitch your benefits. We'll get into it. But okay, when yeah. someone pitches, like you, you should have me on the show because I'm an expert in this and I do this and I, you know, I published a book and I have this many follow. Like it's a big turnoff. I think first and foremost, when someone comes on, it pitches me and says, "Hey, I love your show. How like when they take interest in you and." interact with your content. And I think this was, this goes hand in hand with researching potential guests. 
is interacting with that guest and trying to build a relationship with them before you ask them. And that's not hard to do. Everyone has a social media account. So even if your show is focused on some obscure topic, there's experts in that field. And I guarantee you they have social media accounts, whether it be YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever. Interact with their content. So when you reach out to them, they have an idea of who you are because they've seen your name pop up interacting with their content. That's huge. That's absolutely huge. So when guests I've never heard of before reach out and I've never seen them interact with my content. And then on top of that, have you even listened to the show? Because what you're pitching has nothing to do with the topic of my show. That happens a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I have to agree because as an avid listener of podcasts, there have been interview shows that I've heard before where you recognize immediately that the host, the interviewer, has not done their research. And you might be that listener that is coming in as a fan of the guests, right? Because how we said about the overlap, there's that following that your guest is going to bring that their fans are going to want to listen to them on an interview show, no matter who is interviewing them. And when the fan is listening and they recognize that you as the host do not know the person that you're interviewing. Makes for a horrible show. It makes for a horrible show and you've 100% lost them as a overlap, as that Venn diagram to then be part of your community because they recognize that it was very superficial and that you didn't have that rapport with the person that you were trying to interview. Something that I heard a while ago and I tried to implement as much as possible is called relationship equity. It's almost like if you were to go to a bank and open up a bank account and before you deposit any money, you're trying to withdraw. And they're going to be like, there's nothing here for you to withdraw. So what are you trying to get out of this account? And when you recognize that, people are a lot in the same way that you need to deposit that positivity, whether it's being communicative in their community, being part of that and and really researching that, that then when you go to ask, when you go to make a withdrawal, it's very easy for you to get anything out of there because of the fact that you've been depositing for so long. I could not have put it better. We just actually went over that topic um, in a networking group, business networking group that I I attend on Friday mornings for my business. And we talked about that. What kind of person are you going to be in the networking group? And it goes with getting guests, right? Are you someone who's always trying to pull the deposit out or are you actually bringing something to the table? Are you depositing into the group and you want to deposit more than you're pulling out, right? Just like in bank, <laughs> in a bank, you definitely want to be depositing more than you're pulling out. And it goes with the relationships. And what a perfect analogy when it comes to booking a guest. Part of that research is interacting with their content and building a relationship with them before you actually have the relationship, before they even know they have a relationship with you. You got to be smart about it. And so as you can see, there are far many steps that go into booking a guest far beyond just the the reach out, which we can start getting into. But there's way more processes and thought that needs to go into it before you actually do the thing of reaching out. Absolutely. So now I have a question here that I'm just going to implement that I see in chat, which is what words 
do you tell the person that you don't want this person on the show? So kind of to rephrase that, I would say, what type of terminology would you use to let someone down gently to let them know that they're not going to be a guest? Oh, you know what? Um, there, there's a variety of ways to do this. First and foremost, <laughs> if they reach out to to me to try to book themselves or you know, they represent their PR firm and they represent somebody they're trying to get on the show. Know that they probably sent that out to a million people. And if it's obvious that they have not even listened to my show because what they're pitching has nothing to do with the topic, if they're not going to give my show or me the time of day that they're trying to get on my show, I honestly, I just don't even reply, right? Because they've sent that out to a, many, a ton of people. And to me, it's just spam. Now, if it's someone that has actually listen to the show, interacted with the content and reached out and say, Hey, you know, if you're ever looking for a guest, I'd love to have you on. Maybe it's someone I'm not ready to have on yet. Maybe their content's not exactly where I, I, you know, you need to have standards for your show. You, like I said, you don't want to just have anybody on. It's a, it's a difficult conversation because even small creators have a lot to bring to the table. And I've had a lot of small creators on the show, but maybe you just have not had time to check out their content. So you just say, Hey, thanks for reaching out. I'll put you on the list of potential guests. And if there's a fit and there's a need, I'll reach out in the future. Super easy. Oh, that's great. Just, let, just like that. Yeah. yeah. Because that's actually being truthful. That's just like, Hey, you know what? Right now I don't have the bandwidth, but I'm going to keep you in mind and thank you for reaching out. So there you go. That's a great, great Polite, way of easy. doing that. You want to get into the different ways to, to reach out to guests now? And these are pretty basic, but I think a lot of us can get into our own head and nervous about reaching out to guests, big or small. I I have I pulled the trigger on reaching out to Pat Flynn and, and Sean Candle, and I got them on the show. So you need to research the way they interact with their community. And we talked about this, about doing the research and reaching out and interacting with the content. You can reach out just like that. Find out where they're active and reach out that way. So it can be Instagram, it can be Twitter, it can be LinkedIn, and you can also send an email. I always think you should try to find an email and send an email and in that email, end it with, hey, in case you don't see this, I'm going to reach out on blank on this platform on Instagram. And then when you reach out to them on Instagram, you it's basically the same you know content of the email, but then you're saying, hey, I'm going to send you an email as well in case you don't get this. So email always. And then you can follow up on different platforms to figure out where they're active because you never know where people are going to look. I've had people reach out to me on Instagram and it gets hidden in the request, which I don't really look at. And then all of a sudden I have 15 requests and I go, look, I'm like, oh shoot, someone reached out to me and I never got back to them because I never saw it. So you never know how people are going to see if your messages are getting through. So reach out in different forms, but I always suggest writing a personal email to that individual, if you can find a, an email to use. <laughs> now it's super easy. I mean, you can go use chat GPT to help you compose the email super good, right? <laughs> we can cheat like that. Guilty, um, guilty. <laughs> but this is what I usually do. And, um, you know, I should have just pulled up one of the emails and, and maybe you can share how I reached out to you because I reached out to everyone slightly different because each person is different. And that's why it's a personalized email. It's a personalized message. You want to tailor it to that person. It's very easy to see when something's copy and pasted. But a lot of it goes with, hey, 
My name's Jared. I host a podcast called The Hive Podcast. This is what the show's about. It's about sharing the journey and expertise of creatives and entrepreneurs in hopes that the show motivates people that are starting their creative journey or having a difficult time in their journey to keep going, right? Short. Keep your message short. No one wants to read three paragraphs. After that, you say, I would love to have you on the show, and this is why. Because you're an expert in this, you've been creating for this long. I think you bring a lot of valuable insight to this. And I think hearing your story, your journey, your expertise, I'm like summing this up, will benefit a lot of people. And I would love to have you on the show to share that with people to help them. Would you be interested? And then share a link to your show, share a link to your your podcast website. You want to share not what you're going to get out of it, right? But how they can help people, you know, depending on your show, but that's, that's what I go, what they can bring to the table to help people, not what they're doing for me, right? The show's all about helping people. So I pitch it that way. That's great. The way that you're saying is like, this is my platform and this is the stage that I have set up for you. If you were to come on my show, this is what's available. So you're showing a lot of interest in them, not, Hey, you should be grateful that I'm inviting you on my show because this is my platform and I reach this many, like, don't do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Show interest in the guest and why you want to have them on and play to their ego a little bit, I guess, is, you know, for a lack of a better way of saying it, play to their ego a little bit on, on why you want to have them on and why they would be a great guest for the show. Well, going back to what you asked me of how was it that you reached out to me? Yeah, I'd love to hear that. Well, it was a little different because, like I said, I was already a fan of the show. So our interactions happened organically, right? Just naturally through me making comments on your content and being interactive in every way that I can. So we were connected on a variety of different social media platforms and just like you said even though there's email and everything we were already conversing on instagram so you just sent me another message just saying hey you know what i would love to have you on my show and i was like like i said i was taken back i was like wow that was so amazing and like i said i was grateful for the opportunity because still to this day i'm grateful for our friendship and just that relationship was more than enough and having it go to like the next level in our friendship, I was just like ecstatic. So having that and to say that now because of it, if I want to interview you on my show, it's as simple as just reaching out and having you do the same exact thing, but on my own live stream. It probably never would have happened had you not been interacting in the same community on Twitter and Instagram and even YouTube, right? So you got to be engaged in the community where you're trying to pull guests from, right? You need to, we already talked about this, deposits interacting with the community before you pull out of it. So, so important. And once you develop those relationships and they know the show, asking them to come on the show can be as easy as, hey, Luis, do you want to, do you want to be on the show? They already know the content. Simple, right? Exactly. We don't need to overcomplicate this. And I think a lot of people do, right? Granted, you know, the, the suggestions I've, I've given really help when it comes to booking bigger guests that may have not heard of your show. But when it comes to interacting with people that know your content, it can be as simple as just like, hey, like we, we should chat about having you on the show. You want to come on? Great. Let's talk about it. 
Super yeah. simple. Like Pat Flynn talking about him, he was doing a couple of years ago now already. Wow, how time flies. But he was doing an entire year of live streaming. And that's when I ran across him. Yeah, I, that was great. I missed that. I miss oh, that. <laughs> I miss it too, right? But that's the whole thing that I know that being part of that community as well, there's names and friendships of people that were created through those 365 that I know that he recognizes my name just the same way so that if I were to try to pull out a little equity from that relationship, it wouldn't just be coming straight out of the blue because I was already participating within his community and it's a name that I know that it wouldn't be too hard for him to recognize. Right. 100%. I, I think I got to mention this. When it comes to booking bigger guests... And we all know who maybe a big personality is in the industry you're focusing on for your podcast. It's okay to aim big. I encourage you to aim big. But the smaller creators, at least for me, because mine's focused around content creation, I think bring way more to the table than bigger creators just because they're going through it right now, like the majority of us. The people that reach the level of Pat Flynn and Sean Cannell are super small and they have a lot of value to bring to the table, but I think it's great to hear from smaller creators as well. But if you want to aim big, be a little patient. I can't stress patience because you want your show to have a little bit of a following and you want a backlog of episodes that those guests can go look at or someone that is booking shows for them can go look at and refer to and determine if it's worth them giving you their time. I hate to say it that way, but you do need to have a little bit of credibility before you book bigger guests like I did with Sean and, and Pat, because they do have forms you need to fill out to book them as guests. They have an intake form, right? They want to see your social wow. media. They want to they want to see your show. They, do you have a website? They want to check it out because they have a lot of credibility and authority. And if they're going to lend that to you, they want to make sure it's a show worth doing. So Aim big, but be a little patient. Don't do that initially. Maybe get a little bit of a backlog of episodes and, that people can refer to to see if it's worth them lending you their authority. Yeah. So another great way of getting guests on and finding guests to be on your show is referrals. When you have a guest on, ask them about their experience. Hey, thank you so much. How did you enjoy it? Was it? Were you nervous? Did you? People are nervous on podcasts all the time, even if they're a seasoned podcaster, right? But at, talk to them after the show. That's what I love spending 10, 20 minutes. Sometimes I've spent an hour after the show talking with the guests just because we enjoyed chatting with each other and it was so fun. Don't be afraid to be like, hey, you know what? I loved having you on. You brought this to the table. I think this was a fantastic point. Do you know anybody else that you think would be a great fit to have on the show? Oh, this person? Great. Do you, do you, what's the best way to contact them? Do, do you know? Do you have a relationship with them? Can you, can you introduce me? Referrals, fantastic. You start having guests on, just ask them like, hey, do you know anybody else that you think would benefit from being on the show or the audience would benefit from having on the show? Don't be afraid to ask. And you're going to get a lot, a lot. I mean, look at, I had Doc on, then I had you on, then I had Katie on. And there's been so many people I've had on the show because of suggestions of like, you, you should check out this person. They would be great on the show. Oh, awesome. Because you're always looking for guests, right? Don't be afraid to ask for referrals. Another thing is in-person 
communications? Like, how would you go about, I guess, meeting someone in person? Would you recommend going to events like Doc and Katie are right now? Because that's where I think a lot of these relationships are also established in like those hallway conversations where you're actually getting to meet people and know like their character to see if you vibe well right off the bat in these like in-person events. Absolutely. You would think that that would be a huge benefit to booking guests? Absolutely. Whether it comes to in-person events, in-person networking events, or even virtual events where you can interact with the community, I think doing networking events, any sort of event is super beneficial. Now, I don't think you should go into it with the thought of like, I need to book a bunch of guests. I want to go find this person and find them and get them on the show. You need to go to it with an open mind about what you can learn from other people, not what you can bring to the table. Now, if you hit it off with somebody initially, it's like, hey man, this is a great conversation. I have a podcast. I would love to have you on and, and can have the same conversation because I think a lot of people can benefit from your insight into this, your input into this. Again, remember, I'm always what they can bring to the table, not what you can bring to the table for them. You know, you want to play into that, I hate to say ego a little bit, but like their expertise. So I think that is a fantastic way to book guests. And you don't need to do it initially, right? One of the main things about getting guests is building, we talked about interacting with their content. So building that relationship with them. And that's how you build those relationships is a great way at those in-person events. I can't imagine how many people Doc and Katie are currently meeting, building relationships with that later on down the road, they can go back and be like, hey, I, it was great meeting you at NAB. I loved our conversation. Hey, would, can you come on the flow? I want to have this conversation. You're an expert in this. I, our, our audience would totally benefit from hearing from you. Would you come on the show? <laughs> Guarantee that's probably happening right now. So there, it's a great way to network and meet people and build relationships and potentially get people on your show. It's fantastic. Well, now I have another question because this stems yeah, back yeah. to just what you mentioned about like the bigger guests, right? And that they okay. have forms for you to fill out to make sure that they can be a guest on your show. Do you have anything like that in place? Because I know that our experience was a little bit different, but let's say you were reaching out to someone that maybe you weren't so familiar with. How would you go about that? Yeah. So I do have, I think I do, I think I do uh, a website contact form on my website, on the Hive podcast website. Eh, I think you should have one, but I don't book any guests from that way. So I want to say like, you don't rely on it. I don't rely on it. And I think depending on your show, it may not be the best fit, but depending on what your show is, it may be a fit for you. So that's why I had it on uh, the notes I sent you that having a website contact form can be beneficial to send people to, to at least vet them, right? You can have some questions that they need to answer, maybe plug in their social media accounts. So you have all that information and you can do the research but it really depends on the format of your show and the topic of your show. So a website contact form can be very beneficial or like me, it can get you a ton of spam for people that you're never going to have on the show. <laughs> so uh, it, it really just depends on the topic of your show, but it is something to look at because it could be beneficial. Okay. So then just to add on to this and you have this built in directly to your website. So you can do that that way. Mine's fairly simple. It's just like, you know, name, email, phone number, 
and a message, right? Or I think you can build intake forms uh, through the Gmail suite and have very specific questions. I think you guys have done that when it came to booking speakers for uh, your different virtual events. There's usually an intake form, and I think you can build those through uh, G, the G Suite, and there, there's different ways to do it. But So should we get to the most important part of reaching out to guests to book on your show? This, If anyone stayed to the end, this is the most important part. Ready? I'm, I'm all ears. This is a huge secret. No one knows. Follow up. Follow up. <laughs> Right. Because people are busy. They have a life outside of the content they're creating. They have a lot going on. They may have not even seen your message yet. If you just shoot out one message or like I told you to do, reach out through email and another platform and end it with, I'm going to reach out an email, you know, I'm going to reach out on Instagram, you know, so they, they're getting multiple messages, follow up. The person may have not seen it. They may have saw it and meant to get back to you and never did because life, you know, we say live happens life happens. <laughs> so don't be afraid to follow up. And then of course, the most important thing is always be polite, be courteous, right? Don't, don't have a huge ego when you're reaching out to these people, be polite, follow up. Hey, you may have not have seen my message. I reached out to you because I would love to have you on the show and then kind of reiterate why, but follow up. That's the most important thing. And don't be afraid to follow up more than once. That, if you haven't is... heard from them, the third, if you haven't heard from them, like by the second follow up, okay move on, put it in your notes to follow up six months, a year down the road. But don't forget to follow up. That's the most important part, people. Follow up. I think I think that's one of my biggest issues, right, is the follow-up because I don't want to feel pushy, right? And I guess that's just like me being in my own head. But that was such a key point of like shooting the email and then also messaging them through the social medias that they're most active in because I can't emphasize that enough that I feel like sometimes I send something out and we forget that there's, you know, systems in place like spam folders and those like messages that get held for review through all of the social media platforms. And then myself, that there are so many different platforms to be contacted through that sometimes it's weeks before I check Facebook messages because the last time that I went into Facebook, it was just to check a posting or something like that. So it really does give me that little bit of extra information of like saying like, yeah, just like an advertisement isn't going to hit everyone all at the same time and they repeat the same commercials over and over again. You kind of have to follow up with the way that you're contacting them. And if you aren't getting responses in multiple locations, then it's okay to just like let it go. Yeah. And people get a lot of messages on top of like just life going on outside of the content they're creating. They get a lot of people that reach out. They get a lot of spam. So don't be afraid to follow up. That's huge. But also be a little patient, right? You don't hear back in two days. You don't need to follow up immediately. Like give it a week or something. You know, don't make them feel pressured or rushed. Give it a week. Follow up. Hey, I sent you a quick message. Just want to follow up, see if you had it, if this is something you're interested in. If you could let me know either way, I'd appreciate it. Even if the answer is no, just let me know. All right, man. Do you have anything else that you think that we missed out or something that's very vital besides the golden rule of following up? Anything else that you would want to share with the flow riders today? I think that pretty much sums it up. But just just to to recap, right? Determine 
the type of guest that would be a good fit before anything. Do your research and interact with their content and start building that relationship, depositing into that relationship. After that, don't be afraid to reach out. Figure out where they're active. Always send an email, but then also follow that up with kind of the same message on whatever platform they're most active on. Now, don't put it in YouTube comments, right? But figure out what other platform other than YouTube they're active on. Don't drop it in the comments. And then after that, don't be afraid to follow up. And don't forget to ask for referrals after they're on the show. <laughs> yeah, if I could just add one last thing is yeah. to reiterate what you were saying, that being gracious, grateful, and courteous doesn't cost you a thing. And that goes such a long way, not only to book podcast guests, but in every aspect of your life. I can't tell you how many times I've told my father, if you're just nice to the customer service representative on the phone, is going to get you so much further with your request than if you were to call anyone, you know, irate. Right. People want to interact with people they enjoy interacting with that are nice, that are friendly, that feel like they have an interest in them. Right. So mm -hmm. put that forth in the relationship you're building and the emails and the way you're reaching out because it'll just make things better and easier and you'll have guests. Mm -hmm. And to quote Maya Angelou, people won't remember what you said to them, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. Hey, I like that. And I might've butchered it, but the context is the same. <laughs> Shout out to Maya Angelou. <laughs> there we go. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, we did it. Now we're going to go into the Q&A section. If you want to get your cues aid, like Doc says, please make sure that you're here with us every Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to catch the flow. And if you want to send us a message, reach out to us at flow at ecam.com. And if you want to hear any of our past episodes, you can find those at flow.ecam.com. And you can find those on all of your favorite pod catchers, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever your podcast getting is gotten. And we always want to thank our sponsor, Descript. Descript is the all-in-one easiest way for you to edit your podcast, videos, or just get transcripts from your files. Descript makes it as easy as editing a text file for you to be able to edit your podcast and videos. We are very happy to be sponsored by Descript because it's one of the tools that we use here weekly on the flow. Katie is an avid user of this program and she does amazing things with it. As always, we want to thank Descript for sponsoring the flow. <laughs> and we want to thank every single one of the flow riders here for hanging out with us. And with that being said, we're going to go into the Q&A. You got anything else to say, Jared? I am happy to do this anytime. I had a lot of fun. Hopefully everyone listening got something out of it and uh, I'm ready to ace, ace some cues, right? Yeah. So let's do this. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> All right, everyone. Flow riders out.
calling all campers, Leslie Samuel here, your camp director, back again to get you pumped up for something awesome. It's that time again, it's time for Creator Camp 2024. We took everything you loved from last year and stepped it up a notch. Yet we're back and better and man oh man, we're excited to have you join us. Now you may be asking, what's in store for this year's Creator Camp? Well, let me paint a picture for you. Imagine an epic kickoff party where new friendships spark and old ones rekindle. Imagine rubbing shoulders with not just the awesome workshop leaders, but also the amazing Ecamm team. Imagine having interactive, hands-on sessions where industry leaders share insights in fields that you're passionate about. Well, you just imagine Creator Camp 2024. Reconnect with the Ecamm fam, and of course, meals and beverages are all a part of your journey with us. Expect exciting activities and local excursions. What is it gonna be this time? Wine tasting, scavenger hunt, an evening of stargazing? <laughs> I'm not telling, at least not yet. This year's Creator Camp isn't just an event, it's an adventure. The Ecamm fam is taking over Amesbury, Massachusetts again, and trust me, you wanna be right there in the middle of the magic. So pack up your essentials, your laptop, your camera, and of course, your energy, and gear up for an unforgettable escapade at Creator Camp 2024. We can't wait to see all your smiling faces back together again. We'll see you at Creator Camp. Let's do this.